Welcome back to the Cloth Diaper Podcast. This is show 117, and this is an episode, a conversation with a cloth diaper parent, Myra. Myra and I recorded this show in spring 2022, and then because I bought the business and I got, I never got around to editing. Uh, today, I had a little bit of time and I decided to go through my Zoom files and make some of these shows a reality, and I'm really glad that I chose this one. I shared over on Facebook this week about a quote Myra says in the show about how Facebook groups are sanctioned bullying often, uh, and that many of the spaces that Myra found herself during her early days of cloth diapering was just this not great place to be. And I there's a little like conversation of Myra and I after the show where I shared that that was the third podcast I had recorded on that same day where the theme was the person had been bullied online or the person had been made to feel less than online or that the online spaces were not safe. And imposing that question over on my social media channels today. I was disheartened at the messages and the comments that come flooding in that not much has really changed. There are still a few small groups, a few small brand spaces where people are actively trying to create new communities. Um, But at the end of the day, one of the reasons that the internet culture thrives and does well is because of toxicity. And honestly, uh, drama and negativity tends to make people go viral. And if you just want to be a nice person on the internet, chances are you won't get the numbers that uh, people who don't play that game do. So sharing with you today, Myra's conversation, this is one where she talks about overcoming some wash routine challenges, how she kind of got out of a Facebook group, and kind of where her journey went. She's found a lot of success with the Assembly Baby product. So if you haven't had a chance to listen to that podcast with Liz, I definitely recommend that you do. The episode with Liz was released on March 21st, 2021, just before uh, a year in her brand. A lot of the brand shows, by the way, like if you're new and you're just joining the Cloth Podcast today, are really relevant and timeless. They talk about uh, the brand owner's story about where they've come and where they're going and what they want to do. And it's really a great glimpse into their everyday. I do have a handful more shows to edit and it's really going to be like whenever a moment comes and I will get them out to you. I would love to continue the Cloud podcast. That was something that's kind of been on my mind. I just would need an editor. This is not practical on the slew of things that I need to do. Uh, Today's podcast is really brought to you by my husband, who is upstairs watching the kids. He's had a couple of days off. Very unusual in our life. And um, it's been a quiet week in the store. I am currently selling my extensive cloth diaper demonstration stash. You can find it at nestinsprout.ca. There's pieces and bobs in there from everywhere. I opted to list it as consignment through the retail store I own uh, so that you can take advantage of shipping rates as well as maximizing your purchasing power. And it's just, it's easier and cleaner this way for me. Um, And that's why it's all up there. Again, I now own Nest and Sprout. It is a children's and maternity retailer. 
We carry a wide array of different sustainable, eco-friendly type of products, but kind of focus in that maternity and baby world. I will stop yammering and we will yeah. introduce the show. So I am Myra. I have two children. I have a two-year-old and I have a um, almost eight-month-old. So I have two pandemic babies. My, so my son was five months old in March of 2020 and diapers disappeared. So we had this plan to cloth diaper and then my son was born and he was, um, had an undiagnosed tongue tie. And so breastfeeding, he wasn't transferring milk, but you know, um, I'm not exactly sure what newborn medical care looks like in Canada, but here in the U S and like our pediatricians are not trained in tongue ties. And so, um, you know, so my son was just miserable all the time, which can you blame him? So, and we thought it was diapers. We thought it was the, the cloth diapers. So we like, okay, we're going to put these aside, not going to use those. Like he's screaming all the time. We need to like cut one of the reasons like he could possibly be screaming. And then we take him in for his four month checkup, the end of February of 2020. And he's fallen off his growth curve. And so we start him on formula, he gets better, and then diapers disappear. And so we're like, okay, well, we have these cloth diapers. I guess we'll use them now because what else are we going to do? Um, and so that's really how we started cloth diapering because we had completely disregarded ever doing, like, we had the prequels. My son's a sensory seeker. And so he lived in his swing until he like outgrew the weight limit pretty much. Um, which should have been a red flag that like, it's probably not the diaper. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're tired. So tired. New moms. I don't make what we're doing. Uh, yeah. We have a community and you know, all right, those right. things. Um, right. Okay, so we've got the crying. The crying was under control, at least, when you started yeah. diapering again. I was like, because if you have a crying baby and you're starting again, post-pandemic. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So he wasn't crying. And because I was really nervous to go back to that, you know, because everyone was miserable. Um, when your baby cries, you, I'm sure you know, when your baby cries all the time, everyone is miserable. Um, which sa- probably sounds terrible to parents who have never had a colicky baby because I know like a lot of my friends just could not conceptual yeah newborns cried a lot but it's not that bad because they had no concept of what it's like to have a child who literally cries all the time um so I was really nervous about having to put them back in diapers cloth diapers right um but it worked he was fine he didn't care um so yeah, that was March of 2020. And we, we had a lot of wash routine issues. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, the, the, the internet is a landmine with <laughs> washing. Where did you, where did you fall? What did you discover? Oh. Where was your instinct? Like, what, how did you get where to where so you got? I, so I ended up at one point joining a very popular wash routine group on Facebook that I'm not going to name because I'm not going to be nice about because I mean basically it was just a sanctioned cyberbullying like a lot of those wash routine groups and mom groups in general for whatever reason just seem to be a place where people go to subject themselves to cyberbullying um, about their parenting choices I don't understand 
why the internet is like. So it sounds like though you got out the other side. How, I did. How did you do that? So I just basically like I filled out their template in their formulas and all like test my water hardness, which I am very much a if you don't already know your water hardness, you don't need to. <laughs> because either you're at one extreme or the other, and you already know that because it's going to impact your life in other yep. ways. Or tie goes your water hardness and it's okay because you fall into that average range yeah. and like PG wants to make money. So like they're gonna make sure tide works in that in that range, right? Like I just, yes. If they wanted us to have bad experiences with laundry, then we would be having them. But that's probably a tangent for another day. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And so, but you know, and of course got obsessive about detergent buildup. Mm. Which I've now come to the place of detergent buildup's not a problem unless it's a problem. Um, but we were fearful I, of it. Is that what? Oh, I was so afraid. I was so afraid. Um, and like running prefolds under like the faucet of my tub for like hours a day, like this is crazy. I've come to the realization that if your kid's not getting rashes and your diapers don't smell, nothing is okay. wrong. So, okay, but this happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Like I'm your sure. story is one that I have heard like so much. Uh, so mm-hmm. what was it like did you was that just your first instinct to go to Facebook and look for something did somebody tell so, you point you in that direction I think it was like the cloth diapering subreddit mentioned this oh. group because I was at my wit end oh you were so you were so you were already like seeking out places um, on the internet right looking I had looked at um blog posts and of course I had tried some things that people recommended on their own personal blogs and Personal experience is great, but just because something works in my washing machine doesn't mean it's going to work in your washing yes. machine. Also, our kids have different diets. They're genetically different. And so, yeah. Okay, so how did you get out of it? So how did you, when did you decide to break away and find something that works? So the thing that finally I was like, this, this, this group, like, I don't think they know what they're talking about. And like, there's got to be another way was another parent posted about a question about sanitizing diapers without bleach because their child had an anaphylactic allergy to bleach. Okay. So, um, and the admins like basically went on the like, oh my goodness, hippies are ruining cloth diapering by making people fearful of bleach campaign. And like implied that this parent was potentially negligent for not wanting to properly sanitize her diapers with bleach. And like, it could literally kill her kid. How it, like, and that was my last, I was like, I cannot be a part of this group anymore. Like they, they are nuts. You saw them completely disregard a very valid safety and science-based experience. Right, right. Yeah. Like, and no, you're a hippie who's afraid of bleach. Like, Bleach is an important role in 2022. Oh, yeah. So we're also, currently battling the, like... If someone's anaphylactic, let's find a solution. Exactly, exactly. We're currently battling, like, a yeast rash. So with one of my kids... So I'm putting bleach in every wash cycle, which I don't normally do. But, like, it has its uses. I don't use it frequently. And guys, it's got a use, but also there's, like, answers for if you don't want to use it. 
Right. Oh, right. We should be providing like, and that's well something we've been working on. Like talk about the options, you know, right. here's three options. You choose which one works best for you is something that really can yeah. help. We've gone everywhere in this conversation, Myra, but one thing, right. Is this where you, you discover assembly baby? So I had seen, um, a lot of, you know, Assembly's got a great marketing campaign, right? Well, yeah, because so they launched in March 2020. Oh. So um, that's why, that's probably why. Like, so they're probably, because they yeah. they had a huge marketing campaign. They spent a lot of money. They put a lot of resources. Liz is exhausted into this campaign. Um, and so that's what, like, that's why I was wondering. Is that how you kind of... And I had heard about them and I had looked up at their washing powder. And of course, at this point, I'm still, I, like I've been told, like enzymes are the only way to get a flavor clean. And then I had, I think, I, I think it was your podcast episode with Assembly where you were talking about, um, I'm sorry, I can't remember her first name. I had asked her, I had asked her because the cloth diaper groups were really adamant. They wanted to d- disown Assembly Baby as soon as it came on the market because it didn't have enzymes. And I asked her on the show, like, why don't you have enzymes? And she said, well, we thought we needed enzymes. We went to our detergent scientist. We told them we need this product to have, do all these things and it should have enzymes. And the detergent scientist came back and said something along the lines of, you don't need enzymes. Like, right. that's not a real thing. Right. Here are all these other things. And so they've created a product that worked and they did that through years of research and development. And I was actually talking with Liz last week because apparently this is the person I am now where random cloth diaper brands just call me up <laughs> it's now patent pending they are oh, they nice. did patent that's yeah. that's incredible because yeah and and then I heard another podcast I think that one someone was talking to Tide oh um, yeah that came out about how hot water mm-hmm. hot water like deactivates enzymes and I'm like well if I'm washing in hot water and also just what you know about washing it's like friction you know moving things out of anyways and like I'm also not a chemist and neither are any of those parents in the admin groups so they don't know how those those components work together right and just was thinking about like I mean so to rewrite your narrative though that's and it's not easy no because I was convinced that that would not work because it wasn't an actual detergent detergent in my my understanding is detergent means you meant to work in a machine whereas soaps you use with your hands um, but anyways, I could be wrong on that, but, um, anyway, so, and I had just tried every like laundry detergent on the market. I was using Tide and my diapers were just still not clean. It just wasn't working. And I know for a lot of people, it does, it does work very well. And but then there's just the, you know, there's a couple of you, it doesn't work for. No, for my situation, it just didn't work. Um, and so I stumbled across a YouTube video and I wish I had gone and looked it up. So I could, you know, give credit to that mom, but she, she was describing the issues that I was having with Tide, particularly with an HE washer and all these, and she switched to assembly washing powder and that fixed it. And I was already thinking like, you know, they used to be a diaper service. So you would think they would know how to wash diapers. Right. Um, and I was already considering it, but it's, it is a more expensive detergent. And one of our reasons for cloth tapering is, and then of course it turned into a hot. Do you find it, so like, do you find it to be expensive in use? I mean, it's no, expensive I for its package, but 
for the right. like I feel like you don't have to actually use as much I I think when I like calculated it out it wasn't any more expensive per like load or per week than tied or if it, it or if it was it was marginally so and it's still significantly less expensive than using disposables because mm-hmm. I have my kids have super sensitive skin so like if you're using Walmart brand diapers that's fine if that works for you but it doesn't work for my kids that like the the rashes are insane um, um I was gonna pull it up here I feel like assembly baby detergent and you know many detergents is like when you pull them up and you're looking at this package here on the website so you pull up their washing powder and you're looking at it and it's it's 18.50 for three pounds and you're like well i can get the big box at costco of tide for 18.50 and you're like ah um it's really not ah because like one, I know in my wash, like I've scaled down my detergent, the amount of mm-hmm. detergent that I've used a lot. Right. And I felt like, yeah, parents who talk to me about assembly baby, they talk about like, you don't need a whole lot. Like you're not, no. you're not going to plow through three pounds in a week. Like it's going to take no. some time. So yeah, it, it feels expensive, but it's like the longevity and the use and the experience right. pays out for it. Especially like when, so I don't use that on my regular clothes. Yeah. Um, I just use the free and clear that I get at the grocery store. And on sale, you know, like, right. So you don't have to use it on everything. Right. Which that would have been prohibitively expensive for my budget. <laughs> but maybe not yours. Budgets. Yes. Exactly. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, And so, and I was just at my wit's end. I was also super pregnant with my daughter at the time. Mm. And I was like, I just need something that works or we need to be done with cloth diapers because I'm not stripping my son's diapers every four weeks, like for using, I, um, my son is big. So pad folding in for whatever reason, the, like the larger covers, the like larger than one size covers, pad folding just isn't, it doesn't work for me. Like the, the butt is too wide. So it likes the, whatever flat or pre-fold you're using shifts to the side like it just doesn't work for me yeah um and so and so I flat and I'm not folding a flat onto a two-year-old I mean you can if you'd like but that's just not that's not the things I want to do um and so and I got to the point where I couldn't use fitted I couldn't use pre-folds because these multi-layer things were not absorbency wasn't coming to me and so I switched to assembly and I was just like, I'm going to strip my diapers. And then like the, the new detergent came and I was like, now I have to develop like a whole new wash routine. But assembly sends you this magnet that sticks to your washing machine and has directions on it. And I was like, you know what? I need simple. I'm just going to follow their instructions because, you know, I think they probably know how to use their product. Um, because I'm sure they've tested it like a, you know, if they're doing their due diligence, they've tested it significantly. Um, so they probably know how to use their product, which is another thing in those cloth diaper wash groups is don't listen to real, real retailers or manufacturers. They don't know what they're talking about. You know, like this whole conspiracy. Yeah, that business. That- it's like the simplest my routine has ever been. And it worked and my diapers are clean now. So, and it's, it's super simple. Like 
They're, the only thing I've changed is they say run the shortest wash cycle on your washing machine. And for me, that's like a speed wash or express wash. I forget what it's called. Um, and it's just not enough. Like it's like, it's like a 15. So they say for your pre-wash shortest cycle on your washing machine. For me, that's not enough. Like our shortest cycles, this like express wash that like it's 15 minutes, the clothes barely get wet. Like that's for one pair of underwear when you're like in a body. Like, <laughs> so I just, the only thing I've really changed is um, I've added an extra rinse and um, I run just like the normal cotton cycle. That's like 35 minutes as my free wash. They're still following what they suggest. They just, one of the hardest things about like supporting families in cloth diapering is our machines are all different. And so we kind of like, how do we describe what needs to happen? And then really you as the consumer have to figure it out, which is kind of terrifying. Right. Yeah. Because you're told like you'll ruin your diapers. And like, if you don't, if you like have to strip your diapers, you're not doing it right. And like, can we, the, like, if you have a proper wash routine, you should never have to strip your diapers. Like mentality just needs to go. Because I feel like that's just a way we shame parents about not being perfect 100% of the time. Yeah, and you know, um, a lot of that messaging, it came in with such good intention. Because I was really... Oh, I'm sure it did. I was there in 2015. Um, it came through with this intention of like trying to encourage parents to simplify. Because they were like, parents were stripping a lot pre yeah. pre that. And so they were like, well, you shouldn't need to strip at all. Right. But instead it, it went, it swung too far and it created this, right. the shame cycle where parents, if they needed to strip, then they fell into this perfection fail system. And sometimes right. I actually have told a couple of parents, like, if you find the easiest routine is that you do need to strip every six months, then strip every six That's months. Um, and stripping yeah. looks different for a lot of people. Like some stripping is super advantageous washing machines and some of it is literally just tossing mighty bubbles into your washing machine once every month and calling it a day so so like stripping can look a lot different like and if you're just you know doing a bleach wash every six weeks well is that actually hard no no it's probably easier than a convoluted three-day routine to clean your diapers it's like really about finding balance and because i definitely strip diapers in a tub and like in Oh man, if only I could get at what phase do you think you could have gotten in front of a parent to have avoided that? Do you think you could have? Oh, you know, if someone like I actually knew said, you know, I've never had to do that. I ran into this same problem and I did X, Y, and Z. I totally would have gone that route. But one of the things that I like hate about cloth diaper Facebook groups is if you say xyz worked for me but your mileage may vary and it happens to go against the philosophy of that group your comment gets deleted and you get blocked um so there really aren't a whole lot of people saying um like this is my experience it's not that complicated um so yeah i really wish someone had said like it's not that hard, um, especially since, so I had asked my grandmother because of course my parents were both cloth diapered because that, they, I mean, that was just diapering in the fifties and sixties, right? Um, at, at least here in the US. And 
I asked my grandmother, well, how did you wash them? And she was like, well, she looked at me like I was nuts. Like, what do you, how do I wash them with hot water and detergent? Like, <laughs> she looked at me like, in the washing machine? Like, what do you mean, how did I wash them? Like, if you were to ask me, though, in 30 years, I'd probably be like, I don't remember. I tossed them in a machine and I figured it out, which is really what we're all doing. Right, right. And I, uh, I remember seeing, I think it was actually your, uh, your post was the, it's not that hard. It's just dirty laundry. Oh, yeah. And I've really, I haven't coined that. That, um, okay. I mean, maybe I did, but I don't know. <laughs> Anna from Nerdy I- Mamas. She really runs with that slogan, just so that we give credit to Anna. Uh, Yeah. Um, But I, yeah, I saw it somewhere floating around Instagram. And I, this was probably, this was over a year ago because Henry was a baby. And I remember saying to my husband, but it's not, that is such a lie. Because. (laughs) Yeah. And like, because I didn't know what I didn't know. And this is something that is so. Um, now that I've come out the other side is a little bit frustrating to see because you'll see so many YouTube videos titled like um, fail proof wash routine and it's a parent who's been cloth diapering for four months like you haven't had enough time to have wash issues like I'm sorry like I don't want to be that I can remember it was like I just started YouTube in 2019 and this other mom blogger, she's like telling everybody how to wash cloth diapers and she'd been doing it for like three weeks. And I'm just was like, and her video is 60,000 views. And it's frustrating because one, I'm never going to have 60,000 followers. And two, it was terrible. And then it just trickles. And so we find, and then that video will live on because it has so much dominance. And so people will go to it, they'll assume, and then and so the cycle continues. And one of the hardest things in the cloth diaper education space is dealing with um, the algorithms and what lives on. And I, in some ways, you know, I want those parents to share their experiences. Mm-hmm. But in another, it's also like, remember, not everything works for you. Right. Experience is important. Like, because I hate to be that, that like second time parent that's like, oh, like at the like because you know how people do that when you're pregnant with your first I'm like oh, yeah you're so cute like no one wants to be that person but at the same time you've been cloth diapering for a few months and you have this <laughs> fail through wash routine you haven't been doing this long enough to have problems and your washer is different than my washer your kid is different than my kid you have different diapers there's so many factors yeah i mean something that's been emerging has been like ph levels like we really should be more focused on ph than water hardness there's like this nuanced science to it that is actually legitimate and we should be we should be teaching but instead we're kind of focused on this uh oh there's a word for it media science that's not the right word oh pseudoscience pseudoscience it's is it kind of pseudoscience it's it's based off of experiences just like any of us um anecdotal maybe anecdotal yeah it's very anecdotal but i think we uh, they forget at some point to remind us that it's anecdotal you know right exactly because what works for me might also work for you bailey and it might not um and it might not and um so like 
my my I have a niece who's a couple months younger than my daughter, and when my sister-in-law got pregnant, she wanted to do cloth diapers, and so she was asking me like, "Well, what kind of diapers do you best?" And I was like, "Oh, this how much time I have?" Because you know there was a there was a period of time where I really loved pockets, um, and my daughter's now a completely different shape than my son, and pockets are a nightmare um, as an actual pocket, a great cover. Um, with like with the insert outside, but you know, but some people really love pre-fold, some people really love flat. So um, what did you how did you help guide her? So <laughs> I was like so I, I think I said, you know, pockets are really great for caregivers. Um because I know people are intimidated when they see two pieces. When there's two pieces to that diaper plus snaps it is just very intimidating <laughs> but you know I was like I really love prefolds and covers and they're super versatile um the biggest challenge is finding a cover that fits your baby well um because I have very chunky babies so yes I mean there's a lot of options that come out where, what do you struggle with in the cover? Yeah. Like what part of the um it's oh. like deep, like horrible. Um, and so I've you know learned double gussets are some are fine, but some don't work for my you find it to be like kids. any particular shape or I have found that a lot of times um horizontal snaps work well for my kids because the wings are so much longer they're wide and round um at least at this stage and the so, red marks is like i can remember my kid having red marks and it would it was it was weird and it would be like i could never really pin it down so, so i was like i wonder if you pinned it down <laughs> so well so here's the thing is eventually it stopped happening to my son and i completely forgot about it until I had my daughter and switched, she outgrew the newborn um, size one covers mm-hmm. and I put her in one size and like welts almost. And I'm like, I didn't strap you in. Like, so you know, you were going to the moon like or something. There was detergent left in the rubber or. So I, I've heard that. But then that was you know, a, yeah, we, it's a theory I've made up as well in my head. <laughs> but we also use covers that the leg elastic's not exposed. It's covered like it's encased. Yeah. Because like thirsties, it's just fold over elastic. That's exposed. But like a buttons cover, that's encased. Yeah, that's in, what I've got in my hands. Oh, <laughs> that's not um, that's not rubber. So I imagine I don't know. Just this like. It was like about four or five months. Whenever my kids age out of newborn size things, yep. I don't even remember now. Um, someone asked me if like newborn class diapering was worth it. I was like, I don't. <laughs> I hate making decisions um, for people. So yeah, it depends on how big your kid is, um, and you you do not know how big your kid is until you have them and weigh them. Like my husband's five nine five ten and i'm five three and both of our children are huge like and so yeah it doesn't matter that you were super petite um 
your baby might not be. So, <laughs> who knows? Like nobody, nobody knows. We nobody knows. You're gonna have to birth that baby, and even then, that baby you don't is, know. You're gonna have to feed it and see what happens. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Because there are totally those people who are in size one covers, like this thirsty size ones, until one. I mean, not my kid, but they exist. Yes, um, they exist. Not my kids. Um, who was it? Uh, she doesn't blog anymore. Caitlin at Modern Rascals or um, um, Modern Bottom Babies. She has petite okay. babies who tend to be in size one covers until like, yeah, eight months. And I was just like, what? what did you just birth? Because my kids are massive. Um, because I have like my kids were both small at birth probably because I'm pretty small and then they like turn into puffer fish and <laughs> yeah they just blow up and like you know so newborn diapers like if your kid's really small maybe they're good like I'm you know yeah. I mean, some people it works out, some people it doesn't. Do you have any other advice for new parents who are looking at what they bring? Anyone who says there's only one way to do anything, really, but particularly in regards to washing or cloth diapering in general is wrong. And you should run the other way. Something definitely happened as I got older. Like there are so many ways that we can approach sleep and baby carrying right. and oh, yeah. school and learning and feeding and Oh my goodness. Yeah. The feeding, like I, I mentioned before the, the formula thing. And that was another thing, like the mom shaming that around formula, even within cloth diapering, which you would think is those two things are not connected, but I have found that formula fed poop in terms of whether you need to rinse it or not, is totally dependent on texture. Um, not to get too detailed about poop <laughs> on the internet, but okay, we've been and, here before. I've done this before. Right. <laughs> but and then you'll have moms who will even say in their comment, well, I only exclusively breastfed, but you absolutely must rinse formula poop off of diapers before you put them in the wash. Like, how do you know? If you've never seen formula poop, how do you know? It's because it's like an it's a it's a it's a tale. It's like a misinformation that we've just like been repeating because 70% of formula parents don't get the right poop texture oh yeah and it's no. hard and it's like we have to somehow just tell you that you need to look at the poop texture and you can make a decision yeah for you what does formula fed poop that needs to be washed versus what was the difference so with my son before he started solids he was getting like half breast milk half formula and so his poop was um greener because there's a ton of iron in formula but otherwise very similar texture so that to breast milk poop um yeah so with my daughter had the same feeding issue um although we knew it was happening at this point so um but her poop was like peanut buttery and so I didn't even try to wash that because that, I mean I would never put peanut butter in my washing machine so I Peanut <laughs> butter texture in my washing machine. <laughs> I feel like okay, there's like the catch slogan that we've been looking for. Would you put peanut butter in your washing machine? Yes or no? Okay, don't do it. See, that's your poop. I think like people really need to be told if 
you would put normal clothes in your washing machine like that, it's fine. And if you wouldn't, I mean, uh, arguably, we don't all learn about laundry, though, as young. Oh, I mean, a lot of it is teaching basic laundry to everybody. I can remember I went away to college and it was a college that most people went away to. Like we all lived in dorms. And the first week of everybody learning to do their own laundry can be wild, especially if you have people from very privileged backgrounds. We don't all like we don't all grow up learning how to do laundry. And we have to, or maybe we get told to do it one way or our mom does it the majority. It's like, and then it's like looking back in our regular life, like our day to day and be like, okay, I got to remember to teach my seven-year-old what to do so that he can be a competent human when he turns 18 and he moves out and he's not just like paying someone else to do his laundry. Yeah. I can't remember how old I was, but my mom was like, I'm not doing your laundry anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting close to it. He's seven. Is it, is that close to it? I feel like Well, I think it depends on how tall your children are. Um, I'm only 5'3", and so, and my parents have a normal top loader, so 7, I was not capable of doing my own laundry because I could not reach the bottom of the washing machine. That's that's a prerequisite. That's a prerequisite. You have to be able to reach the bottom of the washing machine without falling well, in. Well, thank you. We've had kind of a whirlwind yes. conversation for sharing your Sorry, story was- about falling in and figuring it out and coming out the other side with assembly. I, um, when I talked with Liz a couple of weeks ago, I told her I've been hearing nothing but great news about people who switched to her product and she was just yeah. thrilled. I've heard so many success stories about assembly baby detergent, just being a game changer. Right. Oh, it so was for mm-hmm. us. It so was for us. And I, but even still, uh, when my sister-in-law had a baby, she asked me what laundry detergent I used and I told her, but I was like, you should start with just assuming it doesn't have fabric softener. Yeah. You should start with what's in your laundry room already. Um, yeah. And if yeah, you need to go, if you need to go somewhere else, <laughs> we can go somewhere else. Start with right. what you're using and then we can find it. Um, it's unfortunate. I'm, I'm glad that you made it out the other end. I mean, often when we yeah, face so many struggles, too. we give up. So congratulations on this right. wild journey, Thanks. Myra. <laughs> I think part of it is my kids get such bad rashes from traditional disposables and like um, the the expensive ones that only get them rashes sometimes like that that bill like definitely is quite a motivator. All right. Well, thank you for joining me in that conversation with Myra. I know my podcast quality is not the best out there in the industry. I'm no longer paying for Adobe, so we're just editing this on the old school garage band and recording with our computer mic. But eh, that's where we're at. Maybe one day I will find a podcast editor and we'll make this stream happen again. I am also, you won't trying to discontinue the Cloth Ever Podcast email list because uh, it's astronomical. Guys, small business owners, we pay a lot for email lists. Like we work our butts off to get you on email lists. And then if you get more than a thousand, like the Cloth Ever Podcast email list hit more than a thousand over the last year, and now it's like $65 a month. So I've been trying to make it smaller, and I've been putting a lot of the downloads for free, like just like literally like you click a button and the PDF shows up, like none of this email list drama. So the Cloth Ever Podcast email list will slowly be fading out. The goal is to have it done by September 30th. Now, not everything is going to be just like a click PDF. Some of it I will be removing completely. 
a lot of it I'll also be moving over to Nest and Sprout. I definitely have some really big dreams and exciting projects that be happening over there as we continue to expand the show and thrive into our first year of business. So you can, of course, still find the Cloth Paper Podcast on your favorite social media channel, whether it's Facebook or Instagram. I post every now and then when I have a thought, not consistently. And then um, if you really need to be in touch with me, check me out over at nestandsprout.ca. I have nestandsprout.ca as my social media as for Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. That's primarily where we're doing our content creation today. And of course, reach out to me by email um, at the store. That's the best way to get a hold of me. Like, fun fact, there's so many emails. You know, like, how many, I don't know how, I got must have gone on some PR junk list because there are so many emails in my Cloth Paper Podcast email. And like, none of them are even relevant or important. I do pop in there to check it from time to time, but I'm not, it's not consistent. Anyways, without further ado, I'll let you on to the rest of your day and we'll surprise you with the next show.